This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't know, I just got excited. You broke it. I think I broke the headphones again. These headphones suck. Hi, it's the Migs Cast. My name is Steve Migs. I am here with the Reverend in Fuego. Yeah. And Glenn Cannon. Hello. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good? Doing well. Doing good. I'm sad to hear that because those are the Lulu cans. What are you going to do when you have to retire those 7506s with the dog on the earpiece, man? Well, I can peel the dog part off and put it on my neck set, but these cans are fine. It's the headphone jack. Oh. And see, we're in a weird phase. You ruined the hole. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the hole. <laughs> yeah, it's did. the female. I the told you to spit on the... it before you start shoving, man. Why do you gotta be like that? It's because my headphone jack's too girthy too for the hole. <laughs> I should use the smaller part. And yeah. That might work. yeah, that eighth inch pin is just yeah. devastatingly girthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good band name, Devastate. We are devastatingly girthy. <laughs> and our band name is <laughs> And it features the the, the Van Connor brothers. <laughs> In the screaming trees. I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to make such a cruel and heartless well, thicker joke. Guys, I mean, I'm not saying thicker, thicker, uh-huh. big boys. They're big boys. I heard that the Soundgarden song "Rhinosaur" was actually a tribute to. Oh no, no, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding, dude. You guys bought it. You know, I'm being a total D right now. Man. Hey, friends give each other the hardest time. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm way more harsh to my friends than I am to people that I don't oh, know. Totally, it's true. When I showed up here, he punched me in the face. I did well, and I said, "Suck it, Cannon." Tr- suck it, Cannon. Well, actually, it was a smack, and he was like, "You look tired." I'm like, "I'm awake now." Right. <laughs> time to get going. I gotta go see podcast. a dentist now, man. I got a couple wiggling teeth, but uh, hey. Oh man! So today, yeah, we got to no morning show. It was very kind of. It was weird. Like I woke up, I actually felt like a nine to fiver and got on the road at seven thirty in the morning. Did you get you up, idiot? Did your internal clock yeah. still wake you guys up at like three a.m.? Well, I was here at five anyway. Okay, because yeah, right. I was I was manning the boards because you know someone has to do that boring job. Right. I was. Right. Uh, uh, my internal clock by you mean my wife and my dog. Yes, it wakes me up at four in the morning. <laughs> my poo poo, dude. Now, you know what the thing is? It's yeah, partially it's the dog's fault. But look, I'm able to get up at two thirty in the morning and not wake up anybody. Like just, I, I mean, my dog a little bit, but I'm crawling around my house like a ninja. I got my phone and I'm using like the the the, the light on my phone as a, yeah. a flashlight to find my clothes and just get everything done all stealth. My wife wakes up, lights go on. It's like a marching band comes into the room. <laughs> well, because she's not used to somebody else being in there at that point. That is a good point. Uh, you know, yeah, but, I think you're onto something, dude. Yeah. But I'm a 200-something pound man in bed. She can figure it out that I'm there. <laughs> and she's no, just man. stomping around. Music gets turned on. The TV goes on as well. I'm like, what? How much sensory overload do you need? Like, Can you is... sleep through that? Have you trained yourself? No. Oh, gosh, no. Uh... So I get up at 4 a.m. I fall back asleep. But she then... get, why does she get up that early? Early. Because she's a girl and needs to do pretty girl things because she gets at on the road. three in the no, morning? Four, four. She's at four. But and she has to be on the road at what time? Six. 
Okay. Okay. Wow. She gets up at four. She's got a whole routine. To be on the road by six. Oh yeah. She Shows does always look really good. I will Takes say a that. Shower. <laughs> yeah. That in yeah. The morning. Like shower. You got to deal with the hair, and she's got. I mean, she's got crazy hair. That's like I, I can feel. I feel her pain. Oh yeah. Pain. I mean, you've got the you same got the curls. curls. But yeah. dude, if she hasn't learned the trick. You basically turn on the shower, lean over into the shower, moisten moisten the wig, mm-hmm. and then you stand up and put in whatever implements you need to control the wig, yeah, and then works. you get out the door. Yeah. I don't know if that's how she does things, and I'm, I'm not sure it's not. You know, next time. <laughs> She wakes me up. I'll pay, pay more attention to. Her. But also, she goes downstairs. She reads her devotional. She she hangs out and reads some of the Bible. Like she's got a whole routine that is not. These all sound like evening activities to me. This sounds like an 11 p.m. thing. That's a good way to get up. Hey, my wife does the thing. Well, she doesn't do devotionals, right. but she'll sit in bed uh, reading her phone to kind of ease herself into getting up. It's yep. one of those things where she's giving herself a lot of breathing room in the morning. Sure, she's up, but not necessarily having to run around and do a ton of things and letting everything happen at a leisurely pace as opposed to you know the what i do is literally it's like shower put on pants go gone you yeah. pretty much summed yeah. up my get, getting ready and sometimes yeah. i for, including today i forgot to put deodorant on but usually I'll, there's some days where i do that i keep deodorant in my bag dude you gotta have some pit stick handy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there have yeah. been uh, times where other people have had pit stick here that i have jacked mm-hmm. it's okay yeah. It's all right, man. It's desperate times call for desperate <laughs> yeah, magic. Oh, dude, bros don't mind. It's like, dude, or, just pluck the hairs out of it if there's any hairs on it. You know, just just do that You for say me. that, and other people have said that, but then when I use theirs, they got mad about it. So, I don't, well, yeah, I don't not get, everyone's cool with that. I don't get the people who aren't cool with that, because a lot of times I'll see, like, chicks get like, ugh, that's so gross, but then I'll see them share uh, lip balm. And I'm like, well, I think lip balm being shared is weirder than sharing. Yeah, I don't have herpes at the end. Yeah, plus Stacy's got a cold sore, and you're still just rubbing that thing on your face. But okay, but it's weird though. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, like, uh, with deodorant's fine. Um, that's I don't know if I'd let a bro use my toothbrush. No, I don't no, think I can no, do that. No, no. I let you a bro know? use my underwear. Oh no. sure, socks, underwear. Here, no. dude, go ahead. What, what's so weird about that? That's that's where I let Munson use it one time because he never knew what uh, boxer briefs felt like. That's and we were a at step... the classic, so I gave him my extra pair. Dude, that's a step away from sword fighting at that point. Well, no, we have done hey, that man. too in the shower. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you guys weird. like you guys pee on each other's feet and stuff well, in it's the not shower. Like a common occurrence. That kills the ringworm. Mm-hmm. You gotta get hip to this, man. Come on, Rev. Two out of three mix casters. Yeah, say. Dra- drawers and socks. <laughs> I am the lucky guy though. Like Tony always used to loan because Mark would show up. For shows and it just and Tony would be like, here, dude, take this really cool T-shirt, please wear it. <laughs> In other but, words, you stink. But no, 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 just he'd oh. be wearing like a neon orange T-shirt. Oh, and it's like, dude, bro, that's not rock star. We, yeah, we got yeah. we got a band vibe here, yeah, and yeah. you're pulling off God like bless 80s Chris. Yeah, like, yeah, Chris, yeah. exactly. <laughs> nice <laughs> hyper color shirt. We're not a flock of seagulls and, cover band. And the, and the, and the light oh, blue mom great. jeans, like, dude, <laughs> fail, power fail. Here, take these items of clothing. But I think Mark has destroyed a lot of Tony's garments. I'm lucky in that because I'm I so. I wish I was a fly on the wall oh, for these dude. conversations, dude. Because Tony is full on. I mean, I mean, uh, the whole band is like. Hey, we're you, entertainers. You, you all look like rock stars. Thank on stage. you. But Tony like has like just the the, the vibe of a rock star. He man, cares. Like, yeah. Right. He and honestly, it's not that I don't think that's something he goes out of his way to do. That's like people run into me, and this is the way I dress. Every day. Right. This is the clothes I wear. This is who I am. And I think that's the same of Tony, where Mark, bless his heart, was I don't think he ever got on that page. Or maybe he, well, I don't know who I am either. This could really go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, a whole that's spiritual, right. I don't know who I am. And I went and saw the Buddha, and the Buddha was like, wear black jeans. And I was like, yes, Buddha. I yeah, found myself I with yeah. black vest and a black jeans. <laughs> that's right. Man. Things are good now. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm lucky that because I am 6'4", 
You know, it's not like Tony or Mark or Sean could be like, dude, man, you got a pair of jeans I could wear? Because I'd be like, sure, dude. And they would look like they were in a time warp, like, like a little kid in dad's clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, these giant pants and this giant tent of a t-shirt. <laughs> That'd be amazing. my bandmates. You I want to see you wearing Tony's clothes and Tony wearing yours. <laughs> It'd be like, honey, I shrunk the rock star. Dude, you know, uh, like Michael Wilton um, is is not a very tall guy. You know what I mean? I don't is know that from how. Whip from Queensryche? Whip from okay. Queensryche. Okay. Awesome guy, man. And we were getting to know them on tour. And of course, I wear my Les Paul really low. And I'm 6'4". I'm a big guy. Yeah. And uh, I walked up to Wilton. Oh, Steve, are you going to give me that shirt, man? I've been wearing yeah, cool I want you to wear this hoodie. I'm <laughs> sorry, Steve started undressing, man. Yeah, it is a bit warm. I but no, I, I walked up to Michael and I'm like, dude, man, um, will you do me a favor? He's like, sure, bro. And he had this big smile. And I took my Les Paul off and put it on him. And we both just got these huge. I think the toggle switch for my pickup selector was down around his knees. He looked looked like like, Ben Shepard from uh, Soundgarden. Yeah, or like Steve (laughs) Clark from Def Leppard. And and we both laughed. He was like, dude, this is a cool guitar. I'm like, it wasn't that. I wanted to see how crazy long my. Because he totally will put on my guitar and be like, bro. And it's laughable. Dragging on the ground almost. Yeah, my instrument hangs to like, you know, the unknown. But to look like a rock star, I mean, there's that that certain threshold where you either look like a rock star or you look like you're in a blues traveler. That's correct. (laughs) Or Dave Matthews Band. That's correct. Like when you see those bassists, and I get it's so weird. And I'm sure, like, like functionality wise, it's the right place to be. You're able to do everything you need to do, but you look like a goober when your your bass is resting on your boots. You look like someone trying to channel the Fab Four. And yes. you never yeah. look cool yep. doing it. You, you just don't you, look cool. Uh, to me, you got to wear your instrument. Well, it's, it's interesting. When I wear f- like Fenders, Telecasters, and Stratocasters, I wear them. Um, to what feels naturally correct, which is lower, not mm-hmm. high. And honestly, when you sit down and lean over the instrument, you can play the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Standing up, I do wear it lower, but they ride naturally. And I could play my Gibsons there, but it doesn't look... I hate to say that, but Jimmy Page ruined it for everyone. Part of it's... Yeah. You gotta look cool. Yeah. Um, so it is harder to play my guitar that low, but I'm an entertainer, and you gotta look cool. And then, honestly, after a number of years, Gibsons are, are so heavy. I would love to see Glenn play one show with the guitar <laughs> up way up the high. Dude, you you got it. Like, like, I'd seriously, probably like, play terribly. White, I'd be like, ah! Yeah. White suit. Horn rim glasses, yes, Buddy Holly, Holly. <laughs> absolutely. I would, yeah. Well, I've done the thing where I've, I would j- I've, go jammed, that I've one. jammed with other bands, <laughs> and some too. guitar player will say, here, man, and his strap's not adjustable. And there's photos here and there of me, like, I remember jamming with the Black Vinyl All-Stars, and it was all Zep stuff. And their guitarist was like, here, man, this is beautiful Les Paul Custom, and the strap was not adjustable. And yeah, I look like a member of the Beatles. The, the Les Paul was up... Above, like, if I were, I'm just, thinking, I'm just visioning you doing "Love Me Do" and just yeah. kind of oh, be love, love me do. Oh man, yeah, I, I just, I want to. I, I know that you can play the instrument better up, up there. Once you get for me, it was awkward as hell. But uh, yeah, when you're not, you, used you gotta to that, look yeah. cool, man. Drop those. It's rock and roll, man. Yeah. Yep. Now, if you're in Dream Theater, fine. Wear it up around your neck. I mean, it's like two stone throws away from being yeah, a fiddle. Just tuck it under your chin. Coat. Yeah. If you're in a prog rock band, all bets are off. Because I think about it as a drummer. And, you know, when you got, like, the massive roto toms, and then, like, you got five toms on top, and then you got, like, you know, all these crazy amounts of cymbals, chinas, and little splashes, and I'm like, that's just ridiculous for rock and roll. Like, all you need is a simple, basic four-piece eh. kit, and three or four cymbals, and you're golden. One up, two down, good enough for John Bonham, good enough for you. And honestly, for <laughs> me, it's, it's pure necessity. I have a Jeep. I can't fit any more drums than I fit. That, that's gonna, it's going to eliminate the kettle drum fantasy, though, man. His <laughs> yeah. Bonham was like... I was about some gongs and a kettle drum, you know? Right. <laughs> and if you're not a prog rock band, then no. You could, like, <laughs> prog rock bands could get away with whatever. They could show up wearing whatever, acting however they want, but they're prog rock. They're and so, they'll play to all eight 
feet of those other guitarists. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, see, now I've really oh, crossed now the we've line. Oh, declared war. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I'm just, right, Alan Parsons. <laughs> yeah, just upsetting people left, right, and center. Come at us, Geddy Lee. What's up? <laughs> Actually, I really like Rush, man. I do. Uh, I used to hate Rush. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've appreciated and respected their music way more. I'm still not a Rush fan. I wouldn't like sit around my house listening to like you know was it 2112 or whatever. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a mega fan, but I would say the album to own is by Exit Stage Left. Okay, that's a live record, and it's killer. So just buy that, and that's all the Rush you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I'll just stream it. That yeah, the first record, go. the yeah. first record before <laughs> they had Pert. I mean, when they released uh, Working Man in the states, a lot of people were like, "Man, have you heard the new Zeppelin single?" A lot of people actually thought it was Zeppelin. They're like, no, 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 it's this Canadian band called Rush. Their first album... Is was it less masturbatory? Oh, it's to- it's a rock and roll. You've heard the I'll- song Working Man. Yeah, yeah. That was a single off that record. It is a rock and roll record. I'll have to go back and listen to that. And, and a lot of people in radio at the time were like, man, have you heard this new Zepp single? And it That's was not funny. Led Zeppelin, it was Rush. Then they got Neil Pert in the band, and Neil's the one that took him down that path, which I'm not saying anything bad about that. I mean, Pert's a really talented, amazingly creative guy. I hate the guy. He, he, you know? he caused there me to lose my hearing. He's dead to me. I know, right? I, no, right? Oh, Honestly, yeah, that's right. I remember I, you talking about It's a dumb story, that. but when I was a kid... Um, you stuck a pencil I, I, in your ear? He did. I Pretty went much. over to him. I first went over to Billy Joel. Billy Joel told me to F off, kid, and I walked away <laughs> sheepishly, and then I saw Neil Peart from Rush, and I'm like, oh my God, Neil, I'm a drummer too, and he just took a pencil and jammed it in my ear and said, I've F you, he's kid. Not, he's not real personable. It. Like, he's a nice guy, but he's like, look, I, just leave me alone. I love all this buildup. I never met him. This oh. is, I'll tell you how I, why I hate him, and it's a stupid reason, but when I was a kid, I, I subscribed to Modern Drummer Magazine. That was like- As one does. Right. I had Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the WWF Magazine- and Modern Drummer, and then I would steal my dad's Playboys. Those were my big four. Not a boy. Emphasis on big. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I would read Modern Drummer, like Jeez. cover to cover, any interview. And I remember reading an interview with Neil Peart, and he spoke about how he doesn't wear earplugs. And that, like, he had this whole reason behind it. And I'm like, huh, I should not wear earplugs either. And so I stopped wearing earplugs, and one day I was really mad at my bandmates because they didn't show up for practice, and I was just so mad, so I took it out on my drums, and I was beating the living piss out of them. And ever since then, I've had the ringing in my ears, yeah. and it's never, it's, it, it, there are, as you probably have it too, there are days where it's not so bad, and there are days where it keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's frustrating, and I blame Neil Peart, because up until then I was wearing earplugs, and I stopped wearing earplugs because I thought... Good drummers don't wear earplugs. Yeah, see, it's that. Uh, and for all I know, I read the article wrong, and he probably said, "No, wear earplugs all the time." But my reading comprehension wasn't very good. <laughs> you meet him, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm Neil Peart. Yeah. Good to meet you." So that's why I hate Neil Peart. You say your name's Steve Ming. Yeah, well, I drum too. Neil, are, are you eating peanut butter? No. Do you know the story about how he like purposely like unlearned how to play the drums so he could relearn how to play? He the drums? retrained himself to play trad grip. Because he felt that he had hit the peak of what he could do with, uh, I don't know what that's called when you just hold the stick straight out. Mm-hmm. I call that animal size. But traditional <laughs> grip is one st- one stick forward and one yep. stick angled back at yeah, you. That always looks weird. And then you use the power of your wrist a yep. lot more. And you can do, apparently you can do a lot more if you learn to play trad grip. And Neil went... Okay, I'm going to go down this road, and yeah, he he completely restructured. It's, like a, it's the jazzier style of. Yeah. that's how my dad used to play. My dad apparently, I mean, it was way before my time, but when my dad was a session studio drummer, um, he was so good at the t- traditional grip that he would be able to do a, a single hand roll. Yeah, with just one hand with the thumb. The thumb was like what, did, like so when you're holding it, it's kind of like. You're just kind of like rolling it with your yeah. thumb, and he would just. And you can get into. I mean, apparently, once you've mastered that, the power of snapping your wrist, you get five times more power than you would out of a traditional hit. 
That makes um, sense. So by, by whipping, yeah, yeah, you yeah. learn to whip your yep. wrist and you make the stick do the work. And like Michael Cotta, actually, when Neil Peart did that, if you guys know who Michael Cotta is, he's an amazingly talented drummer. Mm-hmm. And Cotta, Peart was like, this is what I'm doing. So Cotta went... Okay, so now I'm going to do that. And he did the same thing. Oh, weird. And it's weird if you go see Kata play, all his drums are angled slightly away from him. It's the craziest looking thing you've ever seen to compensate for the fact that his stick is now angled back in towards his stomach. And so you look at his drum set and you're like, Quah? and then you watch him play and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Kata's really. Wow. Have you ever seen Mike Kata play drums? I don't know if I have. I don't know if he's in a project right now. He's had a couple different projects over the years, but he's he's the drum guy in Seattle. Like if you go to American Music, he's running that drum oh, shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure I've, Sweetheart I've, I'm sure of a I've guy. had many conversations with him. But I used to go there all the time. Ridiculously talented. Honestly, it's weird, man. If you walk into American Music and you got Will Andrews and Mike Cotta in the building at the same time, it's like, dude. I just turn around and leave because I'm yeah. not worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Will from, of course, 10 Miles Wide and yeah. Omni, who I finally got to see those guys at that show when they were at the high dive. Yeah. Super impressive as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's a style of drumming that's, and from what I hear, it means that you can also uh, make love to yourself a lot quicker. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah, that's the benefit. No, it's, nice. it's, it's in the wrist. Three as seconds I was explaining, done. it's about the wrist. Well, well, now, you have to like be careful chick. not to decapitate yourself. Yeah. I've oh, heard geez. about a lot of people just pulling the helmet right off the soldier. Yeah. They actually, they, they, they stress <laughs> that people who are not circumcised, if you're not so circumcised, God. you can't learn that style of drumming from what yes. Yeah, it's just not good for you. Okay, right. So what was I saying about the rabbit hole? Oh, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. BJ bag. was off today. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I just got a text from him. It looks like he's going to be good to go tomorrow. So this is like the weirdest. This whole thing has just been very strange. He said uh, he hurt his back somehow, according to Uncle Chris. Was he trying to? No, I'm not going to go there. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah, pulling yeah. a Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. But he didn't learn that proper drum style, so it took him and too long. And he did remove a rib. And he re- that as well. <laughs> I was talking about the auto fellation. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, did Marilyn Manson do that? That was, all, that was the rumor did that- Did he get caught trying? In the 90s that he had a- uh, A rib that, removed. Yeah, a rib removed, and that he was also the guy from uh, The Wonder Years. I don't- Neither of those are true. Believe that. Yeah, he wasn't Paul from The Wonder Years. A yeah. rib removed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people believe that. So, Rev, it's not, not worth it, man. No. No. Rev, do you have the backstory behind BJ's- uh, Injury? Uh, just from what you talked about, Chris, Chris uh, ended up telling me that he apparently, BJ, bent over to check the wheels on something. The wheels. Uh, That's what he calls women at the strip club. Instead of What's up, wheels? Kids on the playground. And instead of doing you know a squat <laughs> a squatting view, it was uh, a bend over and oh. then standing up. So uh, for a dumb tweak. reason. Yeah. I hate when that happens. I know. Like, And it, it, as much as I want to make fun of the guy for it, uh, my my roommate from what you know ten years ago or so he literally pulled his back while in the shower sneezing. It's remarkably he sneezed painful. in the shower and yeah. then he just stuck. He couldn't do anything. That's why I pulled yeah. the back sneezing in the car. God, it's just like how do you do that? Like, I, I've never tweaked happens? my back to that degree, but I've had many yeah. friends that have. Yeah, and same. While we're poking fun at BJ. I guarantee you that hurt. And you oh, can't yeah. do bad. anything. You no. can't sit. You can't stand for any amount of times. Most can't of the time, you're just, yeah, you're just going to lay there and be in pain. Yeah. Well, So he's been resting up for pain in the grass, of course. <laughs> and so we'll see how that pain goes. Pain in the back. Oh, my hope, gosh. It'd be great if we could get him a wheelchair and just oh, wheel him please, on stage oh, and wheel him around. Get him a please. power chair, and then I'll oh, take the governor off of it rascal. so it's hella fast. Oh, no. Just get him one of those little Barbie power wheels. Yeah, we'll call him Speed Shay. All of these are <laughs> great on, ideas. Man. All of these are great <laughs> ideas. No, dude. Oh, if you could get him a motorized Barbie car, yeah, that would yeah. be incredible. Yeah. But we were then talking about, before we started the podcast, we were just joking around about BJ and sometimes some of his weird injuries, including 
including my favorite, is still the spider bite incidents, where he would yeah. get a spider bite and not be able to make it. And there was a couple of years ago, a pain in the grass, where he got a spider bite, and he didn't want to keep. He, I guess he was irritating it, so he had like these random band aids, and he just looked like like this weird like heroin addict yeah. or cr- crack addict just or something like random little weird, weird like scabs what's he doing fiddling with so many spiders I don't apparently know apparently they're at his house they like I've to got them too but I shoo them off or, or my rule is oh. if, dude if you're in the house and you're over a certain size sorry well that's the Mercer Island spiders I don't yeah. like spiders Mercer Island spiders are we very got, fancy yeah we got the cat now and so he's pretty vigilant about bugs which is kind of nice yeah anything else he's an idiot but uh, <laughs> with bugs he's pretty good <laughs> on Lulu the other day went outside came back in with a bug in her mouth and freaks it out I, I couldn't stop <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> like, and she was like, it was like she became a cat for a second. Like, she was proud that she brought her new friend nice. in. She's like, look, look, look what I got. And it's like kind of stuck in her beard. And first, it's like, what is that? Like a leaf in her beard? And then she looks a little closer. She's like, oh my God, Lulu, you're not supposed to bring. Like, she thought, like, this cute, sweet puppy should be doing this. I'm like, at the end of the day, Lulu's a dog. She's doing yeah, dog still things. Do she a dog eats thing. her own stool. Right, right. You know? she's, she might look cute. Or the but kitty she's Roka. A kitty animal. Roka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My What's dog up? used to run up to me with cat litter on its nose. I'd be like, "Oh, you gross! You gross dog! Really? <laughs> you know, you can't hate the dog. It's just doing dog things. Oh, right. right. But don't, don't let it kiss you. Dogs are like yeah. that, my dog. Her name was Max. Right. Well, I thought it was a boy until the first time I watched her pee, and I was like, "Huh." <laughs> so she became Maxie. Oh but, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and I had it a works. thousand nicknames for her. But I remember, you know, Maryland snow, dude. Like three feet of snow, and she'd be out bounding through the snow, and then she'd bounce, she'd stop. Oh. And then she would burrow down through the snow yep. and locate a frozen cat turd. Frozen treats. And come up just elated. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like a Snickers bar you man. leave in the freezer. It's just better. It's delicious. But yeah. how does she know? Like tagalongs, too. That dog could smell that through that snow. Yeah. That's impressive. It knew there was a cat turd down there. Maybe mm-hmm. it knew it was there originally and said, I can't wait till... Winter season comes and freeze that baby it, up, and I can finally have an icicle. You know, it, it upsets me because you think about a poopsicle. They, poopsicle. They, they, uh, we've got the opposable thing going for it, opposable yeah, yeah, thumb yeah. thing going for us, which is really cool. But I mean, dude, I end up stepping in cat s. You know, this Ooh. dog finds it in three feet of snow. I can't even spot it in my living room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, man? Yeah. That ain't right. Right. That they seems have, unfair. Yeah, sometimes I'll show up to work and I'm like, why? Oh man, I stepped in poop. <sighs> that was one of the worst. I remember stepping in, and then we're going to a restaurant, and I'm like, "All right, who stepped in it?" And then I realized it as was we're going, you. Yeah, it was me the whole yeah. time. And I'm like sitting there before we get into the the you restaurant. Have to I'm dig like, it out of the tread with I'm a like, pan. Yeah, I'm like sitting find there, a grassy like, patch. To, yeah, wi- like wiping my foot on like the curb and then on the grass, and I'm like, I can still smell it. Did it's you not track anywhere. it in your vehicle? Uh, yes. And at that point, I'm just like, I'm kind of hoping that it really didn't stay there, and then you just kind of deal with it. You didn't have to windex your I, throttle pedal. I have Febreze <laughs> in my car, so I'll just coat, uh, coat it all there with everything go. and hope Febreze it goes away. Everything. Oh, a doll will still find it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you put Lulu in your car, she just licks the pedals clean. There you go. Yeah. Oh, she would. She <laughs> loves licking my car. Sid always freaks out when we go in my car, because my car's a mess. It's got crumbs everywhere. And she's like, this is amazing. And Sid's always like, stop it, Lulu, you're gross. I'm like, no, she's detailing my car. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Those french fries I couldn't reach? This is cool. So while we were uh, talking about just like BJ's funny ailments with the the band-aids on the scabs, Glenn shared what has to be one of the most incredible home remedy stories that I need the Rev and all of the fine listeners of the Mixcast to hear. So this is Uh-oh. unbelievable. Here this was go. just random conversation, but and I'm like, I have to write this down. Oh, he did. He grabbed a sharpie, and I was like, Oh man, this is on. Yeah. So uh, game on. Growing up in West Virginia and then Western Maryland, um, I used to get poison ivy. And I'm a fair-skinned guy, so when I say I got it, it was Black Plague level, 
you know, or a couple times I look like the mummy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it would ruin me. And that plagued me my, my whole life. If I got poison oak or poison ivy, it was not like, oh, I've got a little itchy patch, I'll put some calamine on it. It was like I had been set on fire Sounds and like then, the sunburn. you know, put out with a Brillo pad, mm-hmm. right? So... <laughs> I think I was maybe 14, maybe 15, and I got poison oak again, and I'm sitting downstairs, and my skin's crawling, and my dad's sitting there, and he's like, son, you know, do you want to kill that? And I was like, God, yes, I'll do anything. And he's like, well, listen, I, you know, you get it so bad. You get it so violently and so ridiculous. I can't stand seeing you go through this. Yeah, so right? I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm mm-hmm. giving you honest, legitimate advice. Do you want to kill it? And I'm like, yes, sir. Yes. Anything. Yes. And he said, okay, here's what you do. Go in the laundry room, scratch it open until it bleeds, and then pour bleach on it. No! <laughs> Good God, no. That's going to scar you? Well, I, I don't, I'm not scarred up too bad, but, you know, Shh, I was kind of like, I, you know, I looked at him and was like, really? And he's like, it is going to hurt in a way you can't imagine, but it'll kill it. It'll dry it up. It will kill it. So Good that God. has been my remedy for poison ivy, poison oak. I would just scratch it till it bleeds, and then if you scratch it through the blood, it reaches what I call the white phase, where it's just white, glistening skin, and then you throw the bleach on there. Now, you have to be careful not to lose consciousness. (laughs) Not to lose consciousness. Well, yeah, from time to time, you'll get a little bit of tunnel vision going on. I mean, I'm not kidding. It it will hit you so hard that you might tunnel out. You just got to make sure to keep your knees slightly bent, because if you lock your knees, you'll go down like... (laughs) But Isn't yeah. this insane? Yes. But, but that's the thing is, my dad wasn't being mean. He's like, son. Do not try this at Do home. you want to kill it? You can suffer for three weeks. How did he learn this, I wonder? Probably his dad, you know? And I want to know when it Redneck first was discovered. Redneck rem- uh, remedies right you know, here. Than who discovered the banana inside of that thing is a tasty treat. Yeah, right? You who know. discovered that rubbing something raw and then pouring bleach, bleach on it or, will fix uh, it? Bleach or, honestly, uh, unleaded gasoline will do it, too. Sure. You smell bad, but that'll kill it. It'll dry it right up. And then I was telling Steve. And you're not um, flammable at all at that point. <laughs> Uh, you can use rubbing alcohol. So, you know, I get together with my wife, and, and she, I got, I was at, at down in Oregon helping her mother clean up their property, and I got poison oak or sumac or one of them, and I was a mess. And, um, you know, Tawny's seeing me in the bathroom, like, trying not to lose consciousness as I'm scratching this stuff raw and pouring bleach on it. And my wife was like, there's a better way. She's like, you're insane. I'm like, it's got to go. You know, I just can't. Calamine? Hang on. Or something. Like, no, right there. That stuff doesn't do any good, man. Do you oh, want yeah, it you got to bleach it. It kills it. Yeah. Yeah, it kills you. I'm still here. You are mummified at this point. You are just like it's a fine. shell of a, a soul that somehow is still animated and well, walking around. For anyone Glenn's going to live forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah me and Keith Richards. Keith Richards is like, I use bleach on me poison oak, and that's why I'm still here. <laughs> I drink and die. Bleach. Uh, the other thing you can do, and Tawny's the one that hit me to this, because oh, at this point I think I was using bleaching, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> almost passed out a few times from the pain, but it wasn't getting it all. And if you go to your drugstore and go to the small laundry section that every drugstore has, there is a bar soap that's this hardcore, basically wash your clothes in the river style of mm-hmm. soap that contains actual lye, the, the chemical lye, which will dissolve right. aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you can Corpses. take that. You take that. Yeah, lies good stuff. So you take that. You go in the shower again. You scratch it till it bleeds, and then you use the edge of the lie bar of soap, and you drive the lie into it. <sighs> it's not nearly as painful, and that'll kill it too. So for anyone that's considering this as a remedy, tr- don't do it. Well, no, no, no. Try the lie no, first. God. Try the lie first. And is it true that your pops also told you if you have a headache, you drill a hole in your brain and then pour <laughs> some acid? <laughs> no, in no. Trepanation that I, works perfectly. Yeah. But I did. I, I did. Um, <laughs> it opens I, up I was, your I was over at Mark Harris's once, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I cut myself, and it was a nice, deep cut, and I don't know why it occurred to me. It was on my forearm, and I was like, oh, dude. And so we went in, and I cleaned the wound, and it was bleeding pretty bad, and it was a point of curiosity for me. Mm-hmm. You've always heard of salting the wound. Oh, don't put salt in the wound, and it's, oh, that's just salt in the wound. So I was like, I wonder what that's all about. Right. So this nice, deep maybe, cut. Maybe everybody's lying to me, and it's actually the most ultimate healing agent ever. Well, no, here's the trick. This is and this is what I learned, because I was curious. So I've got a nice Use wound. that kind of salt that you have to turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, salt. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, the uh, pink uh, sea salt. Pink sea salt. Yeah, yeah dude. The Malayan sea stuff. salt. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, I went I in. on popcorn, yeah. Uh, it's good. I, it's really good. I grabbed yeah. uh, the Mortons. It's really good it was, on an arm, too. <laughs> and so I salted that wound to see what that was all about. And you barbecued your arm and served it to everyone. And um, it, it burns like no hell. Crap. It really hurts. But, but I figured out what that's all about. As the salt granules dissolve, they pretty much become water, and it cleans the wound in a way that you can't possibly... It just sterile. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know, it's some cynical... <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what that's all about. Mark's like, dude, you are crazy. I'm like, yeah, but now I know. PSA. Now I know. And it's so like <laughs> if you're if you were in the wild and had access to a salt rock and were cut, rather than risk gangrene and die, you salt the wound. It does hurt, but it cleans the wound in a remarkable way. Also like, note, none of us are medical professionals. You guys no, I'm not a medical <laughs> professional. I, I was But we've all watched uh, doctor shows on TV. Yeah. So we're salt close enough. Yeah. No, um, that's what they say about like when terrifying. you have like a mouth ulcer, like you know, like a canker sore. Swish with salt. Swish with uh, warm salt uh, water. Because uh, or I mean if you want to get gangster, which I've done sometimes when it's hurt so bad and I just want it to be I just grab like a little dab of salt and put it right on the canker sore and it uh, it it kills. It'll get it. But it seems to heal a lot quicker. Also, uh, gum infections or anything, if you get something stuck down in there or whatever and it ends up getting irritated um swish with hydrogen peroxide now mm. i learned the hard I've way that too. you want to cut the hydrogen peroxide with water because if you don't the hydrogen peroxide will foam up to such a remarkable degree that you might suffocate ask me how i learned that good god i was trying to breathe <gasps> How I had that mouthful, man. Oh, Jesus. A I, was like, I, I took like a little swig and I didn't have to worry about that. I, uh, I had what to. The, dude, you drinking the whole thing. It foamed so bad I couldn't inhale. <laughs> so I was inhaling. Oh, I was I'm inhaling foam. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even joke yes, about that at this I'm, point. I'm I can just see it happening. Foaming hydrogen peroxide into my lungs and I Glenn's almost. Glenn's rabbit! Glenn's rabbit! Yeah. So you, you want to use some water. You got to put a teaspoon of uh, cinnamon in your mouth, too? Right? I don't know. Will that kill me? What does that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cinnamon challenge. What it is is you're trying to whistle while you do it. It sucks out all the moisture in your mouth, and then you can't swallow. And it, it usually you just spit it out. It comes yeah, like a cloud of, yeah, of cinnamon smoke. Usually no. a funny trick to pull on somebody when you're videoing. Oddly them, enough, but somebody none, none died of this, that way. None of yeah, this is yeah. done for a dare. I'll, I'll throw you out another good home yeah, remedy. Right? By the way, if, if you get a blister, Doctor Cannon, cut it, cut it off. Don't look. Oh, I'll let it. I'll poke a hole in it. Just open it up so the skin underneath can harden. Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, depending on how bad the cut is, super glue it. Do not go get stitches. Stitches will scar to hell and back. Super glue was invented for battlefield doctors 
I believe, in World War II. Yeah, but chicks dig scars. I got one on my finger from the I'm toilet. That saying, looked pretty badass. Oh, yeah, as a, as a guy that didn't, get with you, huh? I Holy. didn't have health insurance for Talk a long time, life. so I would lay myself open, and then I needed a way to fix it. Super glue, super glue it shut. Uh, it'll, it'll that's really, true. it work. works yeah. great. So people go, you put super glue on yourself. It's like that's actually what it was invented for. Flea did it. That's what Flea does on his thumb from slapping him. I'm uh, ah, playing the bass. I've he's, done that on my fingers, but I'm talking like he's worn a hole in his thumb, so he just takes super glue and just pours it all wow, in there and, and, and fills it up. It'll do good. Yes, that's what that's what it's for. It's Glenn's ER break. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you knew that show ask, ER. Ask Dr. Glenn. I came home from work one day. And I walked in, and my wife was watching ER. And right when I walked in the door, some guy was on the helipad. You know, some doctor, some yeah. talented, bright future doctor was on the helipad. So he, far, you're pretty much summing up uh, Grey's Anatomy as well. He, well, he got too close to the rotors, and it lopped his arm off. <laughs> what? And, ah! Look it up. I'm sure there's an episode called Dr. Arm or something. Dr. Arm. But literally, I was, I was standing there, and I was working at Guitar Center at the time, which is like an assault on all your senses anyway, for <laughs> eight to ten hours at a time. And I walk in my you mean front door. It's not door. soothing to hear thirteen terrible oh, drummers God. play drums and a oh bunch God. of dr- guitarists oh, try and play dude. Zeppelin. So painful. I thought that was like a soothing sound. And I walk in and this guy's getting his arm lopped off, and I say, "Hey, baby, um, can you turn that down for a second? And she, yeah, what, what's up? And I just, I said, "Look, life is hard enough. I don't want to come home and walk in my front door and see some guy getting his arm lopped off on the goddamn television. Can you please not watch this?" when I'm home, man. And like, she quit watching ER when I was around because she was like, no, 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 this is a special episode. I'm like, yeah, it's real special. That guy's an amputee now. You know? I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I'm mentally scarred now because of this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right here, it was about... You found it. Yeah, they they had to evacuate the hospital during a monkeypox outbreak. Of course. While on the helipad, uh, the chart on the gurney flew off uh, in the wind. He went to pick it up and the helicopter amputated his arm. Season ten, he got a robotic arm, and then he died. Did he fight crime? Robotic arm as a doctor. Luke Skywalker, Skywalker. (laughs) and he was chief of the ER until he died in the episode Freefall from a helicopter that fell off the roof. Man, him and Choppers. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's Doctor Romano's accident. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't need that in my life. You know. Oh my God! Oh no. Look up ER Romano's oh, no. accident. This was it. I was like, please. It's like coming home and she's like, hi, welcome home. I'm watching Schindler's List. I'm like, no. No. Can you put on a Smurfs or something? You want to watch something fun? Monsters Ball? No, jeez. When everyone's like, you need to watch The Passion of the Christ. No, I don't. I know what happened to that guy and it was Here terrible. Here he comes. Oh, dude. Ah! Oh! I'm cool not seeing it. You can just keep watching it over there. It's, it's on par with bad horror film. Oh, oh nice. Special oh. effects. And I love that his that's nickname... That's I, I walked into that. I walked into that. 
And she's like, "Welcome she, home." And I'm well, like, "Turn hey, off the television. We need to talk." Well, well don't <laughs> watch, don't watch Fargo right now. I don't know if you ever watched the original movie. Oh, many times. Okay, well, you know the wood chipper scene. You had sex with the little fellow. Yeah. Well, in the uh, uh, in the TV show, it is brutal. And I'm in the second season right now, and they're literally grinding a person in a meat. Are they grinder. alive? Well, no, no, no. They had passed, but it's the it's a person that they need to dispose of the body, and it's literally just it's, it's, <laughs> my dude is just grinding. Being a dude into the sausage, you know that, and it was just yeah. like, and I'm just like, oh my god! And I'm sitting there watching it with my wife, and she's just like, eh, after the wood chipper scene, this is normal. I'm yeah. okay with all of this, and I'm like, this is brutal, dude. Oh the best god. part about this—that so was your partner there in the wood chipper. <laughs> this thing, his nickname, it's such a beautiful name. He, he has a, his name is Doctor Robert Rocket Romano. Sure, why not, man? If we didn't want to already call Bruiser Brody, we should be called Rocket Romano. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can then we'd, we'd have to have though um, the drummer of Def Leppard as the drummer because otherwise it doesn't <laughs> yeah, the seem to make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> hey, so um, over the I don't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we have a story about pouring salt on the wounds, and we have a story. What if they about... salted his arm to clean it? I mean, those rotor blades are probably dirty. We have ripping scabs. <laughs> some bird strike, you know? Yeah, I can't get that bird strike on the uh, prop there. Plan. Quick, cauterize the wound. Quick, quick. Glenn can share a story about ripping scabs and pouring bleach on his arms, and that's like, oh yeah, cool. This is the lunchtime episode of the yeah. cast. If you're <laughs> eating lasagna, put it down now. <laughs> but he can't handle a guy getting his arm chopped off from a helicopter from a. Bad TV no, uh, here's show. Here's the thing. When I was a year, what year did Scarface come out? Oh, uh, gosh. 80? I think late 70s, so early 80s. Yeah, I think I saw Scarface in 81 when I was whatever I was, yeah, yeah, four yeah. or five. Mm-hmm. And even though they don't show anything, when that dude got cut up in the shower with the chainsaw, mm-hmm. they don't show it. They just show the blood hitting Pacino's face and it's mm-hmm. all implied. Mm-hmm. But I saw that as a young man, as a little person. As a youth. And to, as uh, a youth, the two youths. You? What's a youth? What's a youth? Um, <laughs> but that, I think, freaked me out for life. Like, I remember going to see Starship Troopers in the theater, mm-hmm. and that movie is basically just one BJ big. BJ took his kid to that. Amputation fests, <laughs> you know. And I'm sitting there just like, God help me. I just, there's something about the loss of limb. Because of because of that guy getting cut next week, take a leg, and he's cutting that guy up with a chainsaw. And I saw that when I was way too young to see that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what all that is born of. It just wigs. I can't handle it. It messes with me, man. Six or seven when Predator came out. I think it came out in '86. Oh yeah, saw it in the theaters. And uh, the first thing that kind of struck me was Apollo Creed. uh, Well, it was the skinned people at the beginning because all the people were skinned hanging from the trees. And it was '87, so you're very close. And then, okay, so I was about eight then. Maybe John Hopper. And then uh, uh, Jesse Ventura when he gets his guts blown out. Yeah, he gets blown through. Yeah, Yeah. it was like those were the ones that have completely and utterly stuck with me. But I'm also pretty cool with blood and gore at this point now in my life. I am too. I've been pretty solid and safe with it uh, for most of my life, just because of the ridiculousness that I. When I was a kid, it was the psychological thrillers that got me, like The Shining, similar thing. Like it was a lot of implied stuff. I saw one of the Damien movies as a little kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny how back in those days. I wonder if like that kind of style of horror or thrillers would work for people now because everyone's so desensitized because they've seen everything get ripped off and cut off and thrown away. I think the implied is always. That's why Jaws is so incredible to this day. The buildup because you never really get to see the shark a lot, which was, you know, there was that whole story about the giant mechanical shark and it mm-hmm. broke down and they had to just do it that way, but it, it it's kind of why Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, Signs, mm-hmm. you never really get to see 
And so and when you do, it's like, holy shoot. Or even, um, and a lot of people were like, what, crap. But I went and saw Blair Witch in the theater, and all of the just darkness and screaming, and dar- so your imagination goes wild. Dude, it, that was stressful. I thought it was riveting. Um, that one was so, really good. Also, uh, Paranormal Activity, the first one. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. I never seen that. Oh, it's, oh, it's cool. It's, like, it's good, man. It's kind of whatever. If you're sitting at home with like you know, like you and your wife, sort of thing. But we saw it in a theater opening weekend. It'll stress you at out. Eleven thirty at night, full house. Yeah. And I, my favorite story about that is the fact that my wife is the nervous giggler, no. and so she was giggling during like there's certain because she's in like it. on the verge of a panic attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's bringing out giggling, and like people are. Giggling getting pissed at her sorry <laughs> and uh, I, I thought okay. that was hilarious as well but yeah it's like one of those things I love seeing horror movies in a big group of people yeah because the tension in, in the in the it, theater makes it even worse yeah everyone cascades better, it, it, like everyone it, yeah. cascades like it's like a group uh, mm-hmm. phenomenon yeah. but I think that the, the desensitized thing like when you see it see it see it see it unless it's really done well like uh, I just went and saw alien covenant which I loved really and you they show nothing's implied kind of like mm-hmm. it was saying the first movie, mm-hmm. um, but dude, honestly, it was dope. And I'm not; these are not spoilers. But some of the things I loved is for Alien Covenant, for the intro scene, they use the same score from Alien. I heard that, and yeah. even That's a nice touch, even the logos and lettering like the for font. the way the film came up is the same exact from the Alien film. And I was That's sitting there cool. like, dude, spot on, Ridley Scott. It's one of the cool things about Blade Runner is they're using the same score, oh. at least in the trailers. Have you seen the extended trailer, dude? I have not seen the extended trailer. Dude, I don't know. I've seen a bunch of it. Looks How I saw on the remake killer. of Debbie Does Dallas. It was so nice that they <laughs> used the same old porn music. Well, and I liked that most of the sequels Sorry. answered those unanswered questions from the first uh, the Debbie Does, Debbie Does 2. Right, we finally find out why she did Dallas. That's right, man. For the longest time, I didn't understand. I'm See, like, now, here's the thing. Is Dallas the name of a person? See, I've never watched Debbie Does Dallas because I don't care. But is Dallas the name of a person named no. Dallas or is it the entire city She's a of cheerleader. Dallas? I think, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I think okay, it was okay, one of the yeah. sequels that starred Lexus Locklear, who was really Heather's uh, less known. Uh, so oh, I think her real name's Summer something. I, but, man, Eve. she's so fine. <laughs> I mean, Eve. such I, a beautiful, beautiful woman. I hope woman. there's a porn star out there There has to be. Summer Eve? Yeah. You know, we actually have uh, audio from when you and your uh, beautiful wife were watching a movie, and uh, this is what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was her. <laughs> there she is, just laughing at the horror film. <laughs> it was the scene in Paranormal Activity where uh, she's creepily standing over her uh, husband over the bed, yeah. and it like fast-forwards it, so she's just kind of wobbling back yeah, and forth a little bit. Dude. It's supposed to be super creepy. It is. But it's not when you got someone next to you giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, Tawny had seen totally signs. Totally sound effect. Tawny, Tawny had seen signs. And then she was like, you gotta go see this movie, Signs. And so we went and saw it together. And <laughs> What the hell did you find? <laughs> Silly laughing sound effect on YouTube. Yeah, it was. But so you gotta, you know, me, right? So I'm yeah. sitting next to the bride as we're watching Signs. And, you know, the tension build up, build up, mm-hmm. build up on the things trapped in the pantry. Yeah. And when that hand came out from under the pantry door, yeah. I jumped eight feet in the air and full <laughs> Glenn voice was like, Jesus effing Christ! No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, in the theater? In the theater. That's amazing. Jesus effing Christ! I mean, boom! Just screamed my nuts off. And I landed back in my seat, and you want to talk about laughter? Yeah. It took a minute, a couple people around me giggled, and then the whole theater lost it. Yeah. I mean, everyone yeah. cracked up. Yeah. And Tawny's sitting there like, what is wrong with you? Like, I got scared. <laughs> I popped, man. I it's great. 
What is this laughing so, chipmunk taking the bomb? I rest? figure Michelle and I go to the movies together. She giggles, I scream, we empty the theater. Pretty much. I love you get a theater to yourself. I'm in. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I have yeah, to deal yeah. with weirdos around me, except right? for you guys. We'll, we'll clear and it. Right you, out. And we're already expecting we'll clear it. Clear it out, yeah. dude. Oh, there's another scary scene for Michelle. <laughs> It's a chipmunk. It does sound like someone's. Yeah. I like that one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So imagine being locked in a dark room on a head full of hallucinogenics and this is being piped in. Oh, my in. Hard gosh. Pass. I think I might cut my own head off. Yeah. For like two hours. They'd be like, what the hell? Why did Steve cut his head off? Oh, look and then at hour three, we start throwing firecrackers in at you. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah! We're going to crackers. alter you. We're going to reprogram you. You are now a government assassin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do our voicemails, our emails, and our text messages on it? <laughs> Actually, wow. speaking of Ziggy, he's like on the set of Gremlins, man. It does. It does sound like Gizmo. I wish there was a way to make my penis make that giggle. <laughs> Like I pulled it out, and that's what happened. Well, you can attach, like, yeah, totally. So I just wear a cape and chase people around the neighborhood. Can we can we set this up somehow? Glenn Cannon and his mouthy dong. I know, mouthy dong. <laughs> Speaking of Ziggy, Ziggy just sent us a bunch of new audio. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Got a ton of feedback about his uh, Batman song. It was great. <laughs> a ton of positive feedback, by the way. Like, nothing. <laughs> like, I, I, let's see if I can find one. Probably a bunch uh, of, what the hell did I I had hear? a nervous breakdown and will no longer be following the program. <laughs> uh, Brandy wrote, Ziggy's Batman song is incredible. Couldn't ask for a cooler version of that Beauty and the Beast song. I can't stop smiling about it or get it out of my head. Oh, so that's a Beauty and the Beast uh, backdrop, Must audio be. backdrop. Yeah. Okay. Another, another texter, I just ripped a huge bong hit, and then you guys played that Ziggy Batman nice. song. I nearly soiled myself oh. from laughing as hard as I did. Man, are you okay? Probably yeah. like that chipmunk. We should have given like a disclaimer, like, do not. We didn't even know, though. Ziggy should have given us a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so Ziggy just sent us something. He says, hey, everyone, I could be forgetting, but I could have swore that you were missing some bumps, so here you go. Uh, I got more than just the Coheed one that I half-assed. We still love the Coheed one. Coheed one's the man. Coheed. The Coheed one's the the bomb. I can't talk. I'm leaving. And then he says, I gotta kick Ike in the head, but he's opening a goddamn bar. A bar. Ike will have a bar. I hope it's called Ike's. And uh, he said, Glenn attaches another thing I did as Bane. Oh, I didn't load that one. Klondike. We'll have to save that for next week. There's a tease. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Who would you shiv for a Klondike bar? Right, like so, Klondike's bar. <laughs> so we got four new MiggsCast um, messages songs. Wow. We have one that's called I Hate Punk, another one that's called Redneck, another one called Sad Cowboy, and another one called The Smiths. Oh, so these might be reimagined versions of the Oh, yeah, these the totally ones. are. I'm looking at all the other ones that we have. I want to so. hear The Smiths. Okay, I'm we'll human with... and I want yeah. to listen to the MiggsCast. Pretty much. I've heard this one. Yes. He must have changed it, though, from STP cast. To Listen to the messages. The messages are sorts of strange. The words and the voices aren't all the same. Steve positive. I think that's the exact same one. Maybe we just never like, play like, it, so I, he just resent like, it to us. Yeah, it's like... You know what it is? It's, you're not playing these, Rev, so he sent them yeah. again. <laughs> this is the same one we have in this system. I just listened to it today. By the way, all of us, our heads and shoulders are bobbling. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same one. So, like he said, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got the... the, the all right, let's see if the sad cowboy is the same. 
My dog broke down. I know this one. Yeah, we've used this one. See, you know what it is. Rev, you're not playing though. No, Ziggy, listen He's to the program, bro. We haven't been able to get to voicemails in a while. That's why we had the voicemail spectacular. Normally, I run my mouth for two hours. You guys throw me out, and that's the show. <laughs> All right, so we know this one. Now, how about the redneck one? Well, Titanic douches look to the man who calls himself the Meg. He's probably. <laughs> you got to do it. You think he wears wigs. Yeah, it's the exact same one we have right here. Weird, that's without a doubt. So come gather around and chug it on down and let's all check it out. Yeehaw. Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy, did God you forget that Bert. you send these? Yeah, Ziggy. Because man. I have them all right here. That that voice message. Yeah. Yeah, I have that one right here too. <laughs> he killed the brain cells that contain that data after Showbox. Yeah, he partied too hard. I honestly think it must be just because we do play the Coheed one a lot. Maybe he just yeah. hasn't heard us play the other one. So he's like, I guess I can still use all of those as well. I just yeah, they're all well, the Coheed one yeah. to me is the show. That's yeah. the intro, man. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. we didn't use that to start the show, I think I'd be sad. Oh inside. no, the other thing. The, 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 it's the, 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 the mix. Oh yeah, it's the this one. I love this one though. Like if I had to pick, if I had to pick of all of them, that one's my favorite. That one's my favorite of, of everything we oh, just yeah. listened to. Because it's short and sweet and killer. Amazing what you just did. Guys, right. that was Rev. That was Rev. Rev. Did yeah. that. Hold on, I'm going to pull this one back. Let's go there. Here we go. That's Rev. I took his head. And I had his woman while his blood was I, still cold. I took his head. And <laughs> <laughs> then I took his woman oh, yeah, 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 That's that an internal helium pouch, basically. Rev reaches up <laughs> under one of his ribs and depresses a button, and that's what that's... I'm going to cut you so bad <laughs> that you wish you did not get so cut. Let's show you the voicemail. <laughs> Maybe this doesn't bother everybody, but I'm five feet tall. I Ooh. am short. And the thing I hate the most is tall people at concerts. Aww. I mean, not only am I elbow reach where they don't even see me. They just turn around and Elmo will be right in the face. But I also get drinks spilled on me regularly. Oh. I feel or like it should head. be a rule that if you're over 5'5", five five, you have to sit in the back or stand oh, in the Oh, shut back, up. Whatever they prefer. I mean, Come on. Maybe you should get some stilts. You know what I mean? She wants a refund I, otherwise. I will say when I go to shows, I try to not be the tall guy that ruins other people's shows. I don't want to stand in front of people, but if it just happens, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. The worst is when it's like assigned seating, everybody stands up. I remember this once There's at a Ben Folds 5 show. That. And I'm standing up, and person three people behind me reaches over, well, for, has the person tap me on the shoulder, Can I turn you around, and she says, Can you sit down? And I'm like, No, I can't. Because there's a person standing in front of me. And then she says, well, I can't see, so you need to sit down. And I was just so pissed. And I just looked at her and go, well, maybe next time you should buy tickets quicker. And, well, <laughs> and I turned around. I, I get, People I mean, around me laughed. I feel her pain. It sucks, but, but I can't do anything it's about it. It's an unfortunate scenario that we're not all genetically Yeah, the I'm sorry same genetics deem that you are unworthy um, to have And it's a public event. And, and I hate the thought of someone missing a great show because sure. I'm in their way. That really bums me out. It mm-hmm. honestly does. Sadly, I'm 6'4", and a lot of times I will do the bent at the knee thing to make myself 5'4", 
but I can only take oh, that. I, for, I want to watch the show. Dude, yeah, for yeah, about, yeah, for about 20 minutes, then my legs will start to quiver and yeah. shake. Yeah, and, you're doing a squat, basically. Dude, oh, yeah, everything will catch fire. And at one point, I'm like, I can't take the pain. And well, then I just watch the show. At the same point, if there's somebody who is like that who is behind me, if they want to scoot in front of me, usually oh, I don't have yeah. an issue with that. Oh, my God, yeah. And that's also, why I'm honey, always like making sure that I'm in front or right behind my wife as well, because A, it gives... Oh, yeah, you are. I yeah. will throw out there that that's we are talking about we have audio of the rev standing behind his wife. <laughs> so my advice to you, since it is a concert, is to remove your top and get on someone's shoulders. Right. That win-win always mm-hmm. solves the problem because you do sound hot. And I want to point out that I think Selma Hayek's only about five five one as well. So wonderful things come in little packages. Oh yeah. And we we love you in all your tiny gorgeous glory. Short people are great, but, but just, just don't bitch about it. Get up on some dude's shoulders or have a short. They should have like a short person section. They should just like to the side of the stage. With little booster concert booster seats. Yeah. You can buy little stilts or little yeah. buckets that you put on your feet and you can walk and be taller. <laughs> but dude, I'm, I'm like Just you. Just a raised platform. I make it a point when I go to a show, A, because I do like the way a concert sounds standing right by the sound guy because, well, that's that's the point uh, of reference. Yeah. But I'll usually back my ass up onto the sound guy and he likes it. No, I'll <laughs> bump and grind. Like at the show box, at well, the show box I, I in the market, I'll go all the way to the, the mix position. The mix, yeah. mixing yeah, board yeah, spot. Yeah. That way nobody's behind me except for the sound guy and he's on a riser so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't just, think he cares about watching the show. He's seen it a million anyone times. anyone <laughs> behind Steve and I at Faith No More, I want to oh. publicly apologize for that. And plus we were bro we're hugging. both 6'4 <laughs> yeah. and we were standing side by side. Yeah, yeah just mountains. And just singing every damn word. You and, know, So if anyone was behind us. I am so sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's, that's that yeah. was a show I didn't care about being in front of people. I worked that yeah. way. We were basically as close as you could get before you were knee deep in other people's el- we elbows. We were at the back of the area. We were at the back, and then Tawny was standing to my right. And, and bless her heart, I think she had as much fun watching Steve and I <laughs> totally go nuts yeah. as she did watching Faith No More. I mean, the show was incredible, but she, I, I'd look over at her and she's just looking at Steve and I like, oh my God, you guys are having so much fun. We look like 12-year-olds you know? going Amazing. to our first concert yeah, oh, dude. of our yeah. favorite band. Steve had the set list from the night before. He said, like, check it out. So we like, oh, 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 oh. Singing along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going, oh, 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 yeah, oh, man. Midlife crisis might be next. And then when it was, we're like, it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I apologize it sucks. if you were behind us, <laughs> dude. Whenever like I, I do like go, go with my wife or in the past, when I, I typically because we're so tall, you know, I mean, I'm dating someone that's usually a lot shorter than me, and I'll like kind of get down to see what their height is, and I'll be like, wow, all you're watching is that person's back, huh? Yeah, and my wife will be like, yep, dude, have you ever given Sid the tour? Uh, when Tony, is that like a sexual yeah, thing? Yeah, it's like Urban Dictionary. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like a handstand, but no, no, mm. no. Early on in our relationship, at one point, I was like, honey, can I show you something? Because she always jokes, God, for you, it's just right there. Because mm-hmm. she's like, will you get that? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, it's just right there. It's a running joke with my wife and I. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I reached around her torso, and I picked her up so that her head was at my head height. just walked around. And I walked her around the entire house that way so she could see the world through my eyes. And it was great. Like, we got to the top of the fridge. She's like, oh my God, look at the top of the fridge. I'm like, I know, I look at it every day and what sucks is I'll wipe that thing down and within a month it looks like that again. It just drives me crazy. And then, like, from area to area she's like, oh my God. See, that's why I love why Michelle is so short. There's there's plenty of things like that where I don't give a crap about the cleanliness of it, but if she saw the top of it, (laughs) she would be pissed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love you, Michelle.
Yeah, that's do funny, that with though. Sid. Yeah, give her the I tour. Do, I, I do see the top of the refrigerator. Pick her up and carry her around your whole house like that. Yeah. And honestly, you two will yeah, have just put her on your head. You'll have a laugh. You'll have a riot. But she'll be like, "Oh my god, this is what you. This is what it's like for you to brush your teeth." Yeah, see how the mirror comes right to about eye level. Yeah. It sucks. I have to squat to brush my teeth. That's funny. I, I, I will do that. Dude, do my it. My only she'll, problem is I might have like a weird. Roll. It might be like a weird instinctual thing since I've been taking wrestling classes. I might throw her down on the ground. <laughs> get behind her and put her in a headlock. That's how BJ hurt his back. He was giving some on the tour, man. Yeah, I'm ready to give it to her. That'd be awesome. Whoa. Yesterday, I learned how to do an elbow drop and a leg drop. Nice! That was awesome. Well, damn, now you've got <laughs> the rock. Big, his, his eyes are huge. You've got He's the rock like, and Hogan's finishing moves in Bro, your rapport. I now know why the Hulk Hogan has some serious hip and like issues, like where he had to put pins in. He did in. that for 30 years? He did that every day in, sometimes twice a day, sometimes more, he day in, day out. He out of himself. And... It does, like I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like excruciating pain, but after about five or six of them, constant, you're yeah, like, oh my hip, it's an impact, my hip is done. Yeah, it's an impact, man. And dude, it was funny because when we did it, originally our coach, Coach Steele, what's up? Uh, he would, they had this giant thing they called Chad. It's like a giant like punching dummy, the Chad. 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 <laughs> you throw him on the ground and then you do all those moves so that way yeah. you could see what you're doing wrong. He's like, oh well, you just pretty much landed your ass on his head. So you wait, 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 wait. Him. you have a life size real man doll. Yeah. Lying on the mat that you flop around with, and yes, huh? And it's not weird at and all. It's not weird. No. That's just not weird. It's no. probably like, damn, uh, Chad needs a smoke break, man. Quit elbow dropping on this guy. Chad yeah, got a couple Chad. concussions from all of us in our, yeah, in our practice session. <laughs> I'd love it if it was like a CPR dummy. So after you thrash on him, you hit him in the sternum, and a little. Remember that little globule comes out with a string on it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I got to figure out a way to do that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> but dude, like at first, like it's you know what's really it's it's really difficult to look like you're hurting someone and not administer any pain to them. So like when you land your leg, you got to do it in a way that basically the crack in your high the, school teachers knee, everywhere have yeah. mastered this for decades. <laughs> the crack in behind your leg, like the, the bend in your knee. It's right over their face, but not touching it. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, it's difficult. So we yeah. go through it a few times, and then when you land on your elbow, you got to kind of get the meaty part underneath your elbow, not the actual pointy part of your elbow, and land like right over the chest. Or with me, I've got long enough arms where I can kind of like do it over their neck. But he's like, "You're too new at that. You probably don't want to take a chance at <laughs> don't crush my yeah. throat." Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we go through it, and we're doing the best that we can. And then Coach, who's I mean, now I know why he's, his, he's Coach Steele because his middle name is Balls of, and. He lays down and says, "Okay, now do it to me," and I'm like, "No, that's trust." Well, and that's even his trusting wife, you, his man. His wife watches us practice. No. She's sitting. Reading, like, no, she's reading a book on the chair. She's seen it all, done it all, watching him doing his wrestling classes. She looks up and goes, "I don't think that's a good idea," because she's watched <laughs> us. Well, and that that puts the Steve, fear throw in you these too. knives at me <laughs> because it's like, okay, yeah. you're doing it on a dummy, and you're just going to be reckless. You're learning it. You don't really necessarily care that much, right? But now you got a living being under you, who's your coach and who's really tough. Yeah, well, I bet his intention is you're going to learn. Like, dude, yeah. don't hurt me, and if you hurt me, we're going to talk. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have issues. We're yeah. going to talk. So here it is, and it's go time. Don't hurt me, bro. Dude, no joke. Three minutes. before. That sounds like he, a good way to learn. I kind of <laughs> get it. I get where he's coming. No, from. it makes sense. But three minutes before he told us that, he told us a story of, yeah, dude. If anyone ever lands an elbow with the pointy part onto my chest, I'm. I don't care what's going on. I'm getting up and I'm throwing fists. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, now I've got that in my head too. <laughs> well, like, dude, dude, it's kind of like when I when I learned to swim, I was a water wings kid, and then yeah. I do the mm-hmm. inner tube and stuff. And my grandfather was this big stout kind a guy and one day he was like huh and he grabbed me and chucked me in the deep Toss. end yeah. yeah now you think of that and like man that's horrifying and cruel dude if i started to drown he would have dove in and saved yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was like here Figure and you know out. what 
I figured it out. Thanks, Grandpa. We, I, love I mean, you. we didn't get tossed into there, but like with our swimming lessons, oh yeah, my... snakes and in the water and everything. Elvis said, "Elvis said the S word." I know <laughs> snakes and things. Oh. But yeah, no. My family, my my uh, aunt and my uncle, they were like super water people. Like they like did a lot of, like, some, like our swim instructors and a lot of stuff for that. Uh, and it was yeah, you're going to get into the deep end. We're going to have you start on the on the end and hold on to it, but then we're going to make you let go and you're going to figure it out yourself. Yeah, we're going to be right there the entire you're time. Not Around, but, but it is that same thing. It's essentially tossing you into the pool, and that's what the, that's what the, oh, so yeah, your coach is doing. Like, and dude, he probably saw it. In I all am of us going that we, to. We're capable enough to do it right. I'm sure he he doesn't, he doesn't want to get hurt, but no. he's basically like, look, dude, this is how you're going to learn to do this. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me. It does. But boy, oh boy, so I'm third in line, and I'm <laughs> having a panic attack. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't mind hurting myself. Like, my body's been more sore than it's ever been, and it's never not sore now because of wrestling practice. But I don't mind hurting myself. The idea of hurting don't somebody. Hurt someone else yeah right dude and like he's even said look we're wrestlers you're gonna get hurt he's like if you're not if you're afraid to get hurt then don't do this right i'm like but still i don't know how to do this properly i think i could do it but i don't know so my first elbow attempt was the dumbest attempt ever like i landed on my ass just a wide perfectly spotted right before i even touched him on the chest and then i just kind of landed on it like (laughs) leaned on his chest he goes get up and do it again that was ridiculous (laughs) i'm like you're right did it again and you're right though dude i mean you got it right they weren't perfect but I never heard him. That's right. And that's all that mattered. The leg drops were great. Like, he was like, that was the one thing where finally he looked at me and goes, that was good. There's your finisher. Like, cool, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Hulkster, man. I'm, I'm dropping the leg drop from now on. So after the fact, like, at 10 o'clock, he, the class ends, he leaves. But a lot of us typically stick around and we just goof off or F around, you know? Mm-hmm. So we had, like, a tag team match, which was awesome. Like, to get to, like, actually use some of the stuff that I'm doing. And so I'm doing the stuff, elbows, and I get snapmare where, like, they take you from, you're behind the guy, he kind of puts his arm around your neck and flips you over. Right. He's not really flipping you over, you're doing all the flipping. So I flip myself over, I'm on the mat, my buddy, he comes over to drop the leg, drops the leg, lands his thigh right on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he goes, and I can tell as he bounces up, and he's typically spot on. Like, it was just, uh, I mean, it happens, you get tired. sweat glistening thigh right out of your mouth. All of a sudden, my mouth, I can taste blood, and I'm like, ugh. And he goes, did I hit you? I go, yeah, you got my lip, but it's all good. Don't worry. Keep going. <laughs> and he drops an elbow on me, pins me, I kick out. Nice. Yeah, because that's what you do. And I hot tag, and then my oh, cleans house. Oh, it's yeah, great. Yeah. So much fun, man. It was so much it's fun. Like the best part of tag team matches. Oh, the hot tag. Yeah. Yeah, the buildup where you're reaching the arm out. Like, come on, tag me. Pull like your back. Like, no. Let's check out another voicemail. <laughs> I got married, and I asked for the dress to be semi-formal, and find sure. out as I'm walking around at my reception that some people felt that semi-formal means jeans, which I don't understand. Well, um, if they're it's nice a jeans. wedding dress up. Mm, I just wore. I think I, jeans are fine. I don't have anything. Um, I you have got black jeans and a vest. We've already established this. I wore this. black jeans and a dress shirt to my buddy Sean's wedding. I think that's fine. I did look around and felt underdressed, but I don't think it was bad. Plus, I ended up saving the day in ways I can't even begin to explain. <laughs> um, I brought an entire sound system. Otherwise, it would have had no vowels. I'm glad I thought ahead on that. And then there, I wouldn't. I basically worked my nuts off at Sean's <laughs> wedding. I didn't stop moving. But it's um, good thing you were yeah, in It's probably more comfortable. I hear you, honey. And then I've got a wedding coming up. I'm going to Kyle Gibney's wedding uh, from Wine Only in the Wreckage. Which and sucks that it's on Pain in the Grass, right? Otherwise, yeah, I'd be and there. that was, dude, uh, that was a long... 
bad planning on your part, Kyle. For me, because I would, the, the ten miles wide guys had asked me to kind of come down and help them out for that day. I said I would, and then Jake and I didn't really talk about that again for a while. And Kyle's oh. wedding came up, and then Tony and I really had to weigh out what we wanted to do and, and yeah so I ended up deciding and I'm glad we're going to go up to Kyle's wedding I think oh, if it wasn't an rad. obligation for work I'd totally be at his wedding yeah well. man, we're going to go up to yeah. Kyle's wedding but I'm going to and we hit him up and he said hey man semi-formal I don't own any slacks and I don't want to be that guy but I'm really not in a position uh, to go buy an Dockers. $80 pair of pants no black, I've got I've got, I'll probably wear these I've got they, black jeans they look great and I'll put on a dress shirt you know you'll be fine you the know? worst was at my wedding. It was it was semi formal as well, and Rev was there. You yeah, remember? like every, you know, I dressed up. You've got jeans on. I don't care. You got a shirt on, button up, uh, a, a nice collared pullover shirt. Fine. One, and I'll never. I still have issues with this guy. And I'll, it was my wife. Like Hawaiian shorts. No. And a fuck. Oh, you stopped it. You, you, <laughs> it was my wife's Whoa, sorry man boyfriend at the time, now husband, shows up wearing a baseball hat. It took everything in my power to go up to him and just slap that hat off of his head. I'm like, come on, man. Does he have thinning hair or something? He's bald, but he was shaved head bald. And I'm a bald guy. It's well, not take like take the hat take, off. Yeah. I was like, I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, well, you know, and I'm like, as we're on a reception, I'm like, this is not. She's like, just let it go. It's not a big deal. I'm like, that's all I could look at right now. That's all I see is this disrespectful ass that's wearing a hat. Like, I don't care that he's wearing a, a crappy looking shirt and jeans. Like, that doesn't bother me. You can wear sneakers for all I care. Take the effing hat off, buddy. Yeah. Like, unless yeah. you have a reason. Like, I don't even know what that reason is. You take like, the hat off and Quato's under the quay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 yeah, it's like Voldemort. There's a face <laughs> yeah, right on the exactly, back of it. Like, there's exactly. got to be a really good reason. Or maybe he's got like a weird, like, issue where he takes a hat off and everything just falls out his brains and everything. I don't know. But like if the hat's keeping your head together, fine. Have that on a patch on the hat at least. My hat keeps my head together. <laughs> Otherwise, take your effing hat off. And I, oh man, I was so bummed that we didn't get invited to their wedding Like because they got married. I, I think I would have showed up. shorts and a tank top. I would have wore Oshkosh overalls with nothing <laughs> underneath it. And, and and like a freaking straw hat. We could have gotten you like a propeller hat. Yeah. You know? a fez, a hey, fez. what's up, bro? Ooh, fez, nice. Yeah. Steve, what's with the hat? I was going to ask you the same question at my yeah. wedding, man. <laughs> anyway, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just show him a picture from our wedding, dick. <laughs> so I'll be the jeans guy at the wedding. Jeans are fine. No hat. We're no going, hat. We're going to a wedding... Uh, the weekend after Fourth of July, but you, own, you own like a couple different cool suits yeah, because of the steampunk thing. But this is also going to be a camping wedding where it's going to be jeans and they're gonna, like jeans vest and like a tie and like that's it. As it's a camping wedding, and I'm not really kidding, it would be very funny. I own several recurve bows. Would you like to take a quiver of arrows and a bow? <laughs> no, no. See, they've already done one better. Please. Apparently, there's going to be a cannon there. Awesome. I wasn't and it's invited. going to be shot once. Awesome. They're going to shoot me? No. Well, yeah, they're going to they shoot you. They had to get approval for one cannon shot. No, there's no approval. Oh, so just do there's it going and then to the be, cop show Yeah, up. there's going to be one cannon shot, and then probably the reception when, is going to be brought down. Oh, you got to wait till the end of the reception <laughs> oh, yeah, to yeah, shoot yeah, up that cannon. This is one of those things where they're like, yeah, there's going to be a cannon. And I'm how, like, how big oh, of a God. cannon? Um, I don't know. Are we talking like a Civil War era? I hope so. That'd be rad. It's going to be, I don't think it's gigantic. Or is it some PVC pipe with some potatoes in it? No, it's not like a potato gun. It's not a potato gun, but it's like an actual cannon. And you can fill with things and then shoot. Potato guns are so much fun. Dude, I think in that situation, you can wear overalls, (laughs) and that would be actually acceptable in that wedding. I know, I know. 
Bring a pumpkin. Let's shoot it off. <laughs> but yeah, look, we were talking about with like my wedding. My wedding was a theme wedding. So yeah. I was like, hey, if you, makes sense. Yeah, if you want to dress up, it's fine. We had a couple of people who did not. And I was completely and utterly okay with that because it was asking a lot for people to trudge, you know, to Vegas and bring a costume. Right. And as long as people had fun, I had no issue with sure, that. Sure, sure. I was amazed that out of the 40 people, I think 30 people dressed up. Like, yeah. that was just astounding to me that people you know, would do that. My wedding, I, I didn't. I don't even remember. I, I, some people were dressed up, and I think some people showed up. Like I remember, my buddy Matt showed up just like he would in his street clothes. Man, I, I did not care. Totally didn't care. I don't think it was anything that ever crossed my mind. Like, oh yeah, you know. I went to uh, uh, my, uh, I guess, cousin on Michelle's side. She had her nursing graduation last week, and so I just it was like right after work. I had to finish. Did you dress up, up as doctors? No, but and they I, cut your arm off by a oh, You should have just shown up with a speculum and introduced yourself <laughs> to every woman you could find. Hi, I'm Rocket Romano. That's why I don't have an arm. <laughs> I was still wearing like my like BJ and Migs T-shirt, awesome. like in my hoodie. Like everyone else was like really dressed up. And me and one other guy were like, he was wearing kind of shorts and like flip flops. Uh-huh. So we're just like, oh, we're kind of underdressed for this, aren't Oopsies. we? And everyone is like, essentially, it's like a prom or like a graduation. Well, obviously, it's a graduation because it's a graduation. But it was like one of those things where it was like, oh, we did not. Well, <laughs> oops. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, oops. Yeah. We got an email from Jeremiah. This is a great email. I know we got, we're running up against the clock. I want to get this one mm-hmm. in before. Uh, and you can shoot us an email at themigscast at gmail.com. He says, how's it going, guys? Just got back from an epic weekend of camping at the Gorge for the Kick Ass Tool Show. Awesome show as always, especially at the Gorge. I took a friend of mine for the first time seeing Tool. He was blown away by their sound and light show that goes on in the background. Glenn mother effing badass cannon. Oh. During the day, while everyone was partying it up at the campground, waiting for the concert to start, we were playing music, and your song, Alive and Well, came on, and all I hear from the group camping next to us was, F yeah, turn that S up. Nice. <laughs> the knob off. Everyone from that group froze from Montana, and they said that they love window pane. Can't wait to see you guys play again. I had to rub it in that not only did I get to meet you, shake your hand, and get a bro hug, and they couldn't believe it. Oh, that's cool. I told that's them great. that you're a real douchebag. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got to told- get back to Montana, man. We want to get back to Missoula next time we go play Lewiston, uh, do the, hunk, uh, the hike over to Missoula, man. I told them that you were a real stand-up guy, and uh, you appreciate all of your fans. You might remember from back in December when I met you at the tractor after the show. You guys gave me some advice from calling in about my mom and dad going through uh, health issues and that my fiance was sleeping with her doctor that she works with. I remember that cat. Yeah. Cool guy. Very cool cool guy. guy. You taking the time to talk to me for quite a while that night meant a lot. It was one of the best nights I had in a while getting to meet you, Steve, and see kick-ass music. One of these days, if I get to see you guys in another show, I'd like to buy you a beverage and chat with you. Hopefully I'll get to make it to Jazz Bones next month. My apologies for the long-winded email. All three of you guys are awesome. And uh, all the other Titanic dudes I appreciate you guys like no other. Keep rocking, guys. Right on, man. Thanks, brother. I love that. F yeah. Turn that S up. That's rad. Yeah, Tony and I had this is from your first tickets record. for fuel. Uh, for fuel. Tickets for uh, <laughs> tool. tool. And ended up deciding not to, not to go. We didn't make it either. We just took what I would call a semi-quiet weekend at home. I needed that in the worst possible nice? way. It was, dude. We were supposed to go. We had full plans on going. And then family stuff happened. There's a, a, a poor communication about a graduation ceremony for one of her cousins. That what did you wear? I, I graduated from high school. It was nice. I wore Steve dressed a as a nurse, actually. <laughs> and jeans. And had a speculum with him, which upset every woman he met. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was able I missed out on the tool show because, well, family comes first. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, man, I saw some of the pictures and the videos and it the visuals. So I'm sure it was cr- incredible, man. I do regret my decision. <laughs> you know what's weird? I 
don't. I needed some yeah. decompression in a way that I can't even possibly begin to explain, and I kind of finally got it, and man, did I need that. I, I really need that. I think if I never saw a tool and never been to the gorge, I would have been a tougher sell on my wife. Done both. Yeah, yeah my wife yeah. asked me and I instantly said, yeah, no problem. She's like, are you sure? I thought you were going to have some kickback. To me. I'm like, no, family yeah, always comes first. Yeah, yeah. I know that we'll go see another show because she's never been to the Gorge and that's why I was really oh, pushing for really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. She's got a huge yeah. tool Gorge fan. is pretty cool, man. The only yeah. tool she likes is this guy. Hey yo. Especially when he does those elbow drops. Mm-hmm. That's right. After giving her the tour. <laughs> Oh, Michelle found it funny, too. Okay. <laughs> Actually, she found it nerve-wracking and stressful. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a we, stress response. <laughs> we got a text at uh, 253-271-4787. Yeah, this is a badass song. I always, Thanks, forget about, I always forget about that record, The Silence. Yeah. It's good stuff, brah. Turn it up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's nice to know that someone was jamming us out at the gorge. Hell That's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, this text just says, I got a promotion. I got a promotion. Can't say anything at the office until they notify people who didn't get it. Needed to tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Ooh. That happened to my wife. She got a, a, a promotion at her job that everybody in her department was going for because that's just, you know, mm-hmm. it was a chance to move up a little bit. And it was one of those things where she couldn't say anything at first and it was killing her because, like, she wanted to share the excitement, but her excitement will piss off others. Yeah. Well, so it's yeah. like this weird, bittersweet. That's a challenging scenario to have to be in, too. Like eight people going for the same job, and hey. And you get it, and you're just like, suck it, nerds. Yeah. She didn't necessarily do that. But I mean, I wonder about They were happy for her, though. That's a testament testament to Sid. I mean, everyone's like, yeah, I'm sure they were like, bummer, I didn't get it, but. We're all just really glad it wasn't Stanley. F that guy. Yeah, Yeah, there's like one person that nobody wants to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even the guy who is that guy, he was like, yeah, I kind of put into it because everyone else was, but I don't really think I should be doing it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was just applying. I'm really underqualified, but I wanted the money. Yeah. Uh, This topic was brought up a few years ago. This is via text, but I thought since Glenn was on the show now, it would be an interesting one to revisit. What post 2000s rock band do you think will make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day? Post 2000s? I really can't think of any. None. That's a tough call. Like, post-2000s, I can't. Like, like 90s, I can think of a couple that haven't gotten in yet that I would like to see, but I that's just kind of my own thing, but I don't think... It's I, hard to say right now. I, I'm sorry, but the Bruno industry... Bruno Mars. The, Ugh. the industry... Well, but that's the thing, Bruno. If, if we're talking rock, though, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter the if it goes to the rock The industry hasn't given us awesome. anything really great because they're playing it so safe and pandering to the lowest common denominator. And, and they're not, like, there's... N- I mean, a lot of good bands never really got a chance, and then a lot of recycled, refurbished, same old stuff. Yeah. Crap. I'm trying to think of a band right now that I'm digging. I highly suspect a band that I love, but it's impossible to tell. And, and they're not making like waves. How, and, and how they're are not, they like, going to have that Sadly, what I'll right say point, is right. the, the bands that end up in the rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame from the 2000s are not the bands you're hearing on the radio. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, those guys. I'd heard of them. Yeah. It's Mumford not, and Sons. Yeah. It's not going to be, mm, you know, be. no offense. It's not going to be Seether. It's not going to be Chevelle. It's not going to be. What about like um, Imagine Dragons? I mean, look, I know it's super I early don't to think tell. They're rock. I don't know. Well, we play them. They, I know. That one and song. I, look, they're getting less rock. They're kind of doing the Coldplay thing where they were borderline rock and then they got further you away know, from it. Coldplay but, maybe and I have a but they're like 90s, you right? Know, like but they're Park. selling out like, you know, key arenas and, and places like that. Yeah. I mean, if they continue on that trajectory. Lincoln Park sold so many. Re- are they 90s? They're in 90s. Late 90s. But I mean, yeah. I, I've never been able to stomach that band. You know, I joked about Bruno Mars, but I truly think that. Oh, he would. Maybe. He, yeah. he will be in the I Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I agree. The guy is. 
he's he's the King Midas of pop music. And, right just, now. and like seriously, like his his Super Bowl show, like I haven't oh. really said anything or seen much about him, but seeing that, it was like he helped wow, the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. He's a hell of a performer. When like did, he's amazing. Uh, when did Slipknot come around? Nineties. Damn. Late nineties, late yeah, like ninety nine, right. I think was their first. Well, then Corey Taylor. When did he start doing records? What's the I'm Stone Sour? Uh, when did Stone Sour come around? They were actually a band before Slipknot. Oh, I mean, okay. they didn't, but they didn't find success and get noticed until after Slipknot. So they are a two thousands era band. I'm just trying to think of really talented artists that are putting out quality material from the two thousands. Like that were new in the 2000s, it's, it's and I'm tough. having a hard time thinking of one. If people want to shoot us a text, there's lots. There's of, a lot of bands that you know, I think. I'm we're sorry, we're, we're not going to see Pop Evil. Oh yeah, we will. Well, they might Adelaide's be around for way. A long Adelaide's time. way is definitely oh, going Jesus. into the Hall of Fame. Just, Frank and Benjamin. Oh. And I don't even really dis- I, I mean I own a couple sh- I own a couple Cheval records. I don't think Breaking Benjamin's oh, that bad. There's plenty of bands that I think that but I own they're albums okay, of, but I'm not but going But they're not to, Hall yeah. of Fame worthy. It's I, hard to tell right now. I mean, I don't think so either. I mean, but who knows if a band takes this incredible turn and becomes I'm waiting something incredible, you know. I'm, I'm waiting for that band that we just all go, "Oh, you're right. I didn't think of them." Um and I bet there's an artist out there that we've all we're just not thinking of right Why now. Why don't we table it? For next week, we'll text us or email us, 253-271-4787. Please do the homework and make sure that this band <laughs> came out after the 90s, after That's 2000s. The problem. My Chemical Romance, guys. No. There you go. They're back together. <laughs> no. um, what about Fallout Boy? Uh, but yeah, shoot us a text. Shoot us an email. Boy mixcast at gmail.com. Again, please... Do not send us a band that came out before the 2000s, because sometimes we do these kind of conversations, and someone will be like, well, what about Pearl Jam? It's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm looking, so, yeah, just a bunch of lists. Of these, I'm just like, oh, God, no. They all got to be mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. When I blame the industry for that, I think that, that, that there's a lot there's of- There's Hall of Fame-worthy bands out there. They are. They're, when do, they're playing the Central them. on a Monday night because they don't sound enough like Nickelback for someone to risk taking what- it's The industry shot itself in the foot. Big time. Um, and it all has to do with dollars and cents, which I get that. It is called the music business for a reason, but the industry just really screwed itself, man. Um, a lot of autotune stuff kind of just puts it, well, out of the, well, just it puts it out of the reach of Chevelle, wanting to- Chevelle, it sounds like, like Seether, sounds like Tool, sounds yeah. like- And so it's just sort of the same- it's thing. like it's blue collar rock, and, and I love and, Chevelle. And I think Chevelle's the I best. I do too. Of them all. I, I own. A, I wonder what's next, which I thought was a great record, and then the one right Hats off to the after bowl. that, um, Vitamin R. Vitamin R. I is own great. those two records, mm-hmm. but after that, I'd get a new Chevelle record and be like, I've heard this record. It's the same damn songs, but it's not like ACDC, where they really only wrote the one song, but it's such a good song. Right. And we're not it's saying that any stomper. bands are bad. I'm not it's saying Chevelle's fact, bad. It's just the fact that you're not. No, you're saying I own their records. I own their records. Totally but they're bad. <laughs> you're right. Such a, you're not in the Hall of Fame. You're I'm just sucks. a bitter, salty. Excuse me. Yeah, what none of these about? guys are legendary. I just don't, you know. And they might have a 30 year career and good for them. And I own their records and, and once in a while I jam to them. But I, it's not one of those things that I I just there hasn't been anything groundbreaking come along in a long time because the industry will not allow for that. They're too afraid of that. I would love to go ahead of time in 25 years from now and see what bands are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It would be curious to see. 
Mm-hmm. What bands from right now, because it would have to be 25 years from when you first put out your record, is when you can get well, into the Hall of Fame. What does it tell you that most rock stations around America are still playing the hell out of artists oh, from yeah. the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then they slip in some new artists here and there? And, and stations r- that try and focus just on new rock music don't do well. typically are now a different type of format, unfortunately. Well, and I, just, mm-hmm. and I don't it's think a, it's, it's a, because- It's a crappy time for I, rock. I don't think it's because the audience isn't there, and I don't even really think it's because it's a crappy time for rock. I think it's because- because the industry's lack of imagination and lack of vision and fear of failure, sure. we cannot afford to lose money on developing a new, unique, unique artist, has left us with the same recycled, refurbished, rehashed stuff. But that's why it's a crappy time for rock. You have no label. Well, I blame like, the Look at industry. the last international, a, cla- yeah. a band that I, I, I still, I, I stand by that record. And if record, they had come out in 77 or 87, they, they would be in the Rock and Roll Or even fame. 96, <laughs> it'd be like, doing. dude, have mm-hmm. you seen my last international tattoo? Right. I, one of my favorite bands ever is a band called Big Wreck out of Canada. And I remember seeing them on Much Music way, way back. And I was like, dude, these guys are going to be my litmus test for how screwed the industry is because the the first album is called In Loving Memory Of. And it's incredible. I mean, the guys, uh, Ian Thornley's the singer, sounds like Chris Cornell. Mm. Um, Amazing musicianship, incredible guitar playing. All these guys are just killer killer musicians and the music's incredible mm-hmm. and i'm like if this gets wings it'll give me hope of course it didn't they're still huge in canada but they never went anywhere in the states and yeah, they like put out a bunch of records like tea party <laughs> and a, a tea party's another example yep, along band. those lines great band um what Tragic was it i mother hit. earth i mother um, oh dig that record was so good oh man scenery and fish well that was i mother earth too right yeah i believe that so. record's incredible hell, even uh, our lady peace Oh, yeah. They had, they had a glimmer of hope, but man, some of their stuff was just phenomenal. I know we're backed up. We got to run because uh, the Rev yeah. is off to go do an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are you appearing, man? I'm going to be out of Qdoba. Get myself some burritos. Yeah. Where at? Uh, the one up in the U District. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I do have gift cards if you, any of you guys want them. Uh, I should go home and track vocals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quick unrelated note to any of the bands that we just talked about, but uh, don't forget Migs Fest uh, 2 is going to be happening on October 14th. Uh, just keep that in the back of your mind. But Windowpane's got a big show coming up yeah, in July. July 15th down at Jazz Bones in Tacoma, and that will be Kristen, Kristen Casper, our new bass player's official first you know, he already played with us at the Showbox, but that was Mark's farewell show. This is Chris's first full-fledged, I'm a member of Windowpane. Give him a Grit City welcome. We're probably right. going to haze him. Nice. Uh, as, as has become a tradition, so he might get hazed at that show. But awesome. definitely be at that. Bring the Fago. And that'll be our last show <laughs> in the uh, Pacific Northwest for a minute. Right after that, we're being flown back east to do some shows, which is really cool. And then, um, yeah, I don't even... So you come to Jazz Bones, because it might be a minute before you can catch us here. We have stuff out of the area, and we're working on our fall tour. Outside of Migs Fest, actually. Yep, yep. Migs Fest is going to be so incredible. So you got July 15th, and then you're probably on, on hold for windowpane until October 14th for Migs Fest 2 Electric Boogaloo, which is going to be incredible. Which everything is locked in. The, that surprise special band um, is the, the contract locked signed. In. And the bill's killer. The, it, the bill the for the show's killer. We were, we were able to get another local artist that was really excited, agreed to, to come do the show. Yeah. Um, so it's... it's, it's, it's yeah, it rhymes with Stan Schmeps. <laughs> Pretty good band. Really? Yeah, Stan Schmeps. Stan. Stan Schmeps. Stan Schmeps. Hyatt. My old grandpappy Schmear. Hyatt Wonley and uh, and uh, 
the dukeage. <laughs> wow, and the dukeage. Can't wait for that. Sindo pain. Sindo pain. <laughs> no, one of the one of the bad ones we got early on when we were coming up was window perm. Window perm because, because yeah, of me. Yeah. And I'm like, fine. And then you know, within no time, it was like, oh, window pain because we began to earn our place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we first came around, window perm was a thing. Window perm. And that's what most it's of our fans it. sounded like too. Actually, it made Michelle very nervous. <laughs> yeah, it did. She co- coughed on something. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, again, window pane on the 15th at Jazz Bones. Don't forget that show. Uh, you can buy a mixed cash shirt. I always forget to tell people this, but it's available in the Rock Shop, and they're pretty oh, yeah. cheap. They're like 10 bucks. With shipping and handling, it's probably like 15 or something dollars, but you can buy one. Just go to KISW.com and check it out at the Rock Shop. We'll be back next week. We'll definitely talk about bands that could quite possibly be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Watch, yeah. No one will be able to come up with anything. I, Watch. Hope, I hope people do. Watch. I hope so, too. That would I, I think awesome. there's something we're, give all, us some hope. we're all going, oh, man, I didn't think of those guys. There's got to be that one band, that one band that we're all missing, and then we're all going to be like, yes, Hopefully. they will be in Hook the Hall of Fame. Up. Hook yeah, us right. up. Or we'll continue to be depressed about the music scene these days. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Anything else going on with you guys? You guys are all good? Nothing? No. All right, we'll be back with BJ and Mix tomorrow. I got a text from BJ. He is going to be Yay! able to do the show. So if you're wondering if we'll be live tomorrow, we'll be live tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and see us on Saturday at Pain in the Grass. That's going to be a blast. Thank you, as always, for listening, and please stay positive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.